What up? It's your boy Ilwin. You are now listening to the No Tea No Shade Show. We got a jam-packed show for you. But first, you know we have to get into the fire tunes, right? Tap in with your boy. Let's go! Me and my partners on the radio is super live. Cranking up the tunes, they gon' bang this on the east side. First I play the jam, so you turn up Illy, get it lit. When it hit the speakers, if you twerking, boo, don't quit. Hold up to the club real slow, with the lights off. Dancing on the table, if you sweating, take your top off. Brothers at the bar, sipping, passing that Hennessy. All she want for her birthday is goose I ain't pimping, they be jocking me I ball hard, they wanna kick it like a soccer team Like a pose, getting cheese, they ain't stopping me Step out fresh, haters press cause the team On the radio, we on the radio 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 Welcome to the No Tea No Shade Show Now let's get this thing started What's up? What's poppin'? Welcome to the No Tea No Shade Show. I'm your host, Ilwin. My pronouns are he, him, his. And you're listening to us on Spotify. Yes, No Tea No Shade has made it to Spotify. The No Tea No Shade program is a culturally diverse LGBTQ plus music show with entertainment, interviews, and informative conversation. No Tea No Shade means no disrespect. I'm pretty sure y'all know that slang. So, this program is all about respect. We respect people unless they need to be disrespected. Okay, okay. We respect people's pronouns. We respect their identity. We respect the LGBTQ community. So, first, I would like to introduce my fantastic co-host, the best host in the world. We got Aqua Bree up in here. What's up? It's Aqua Bree. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, and that's all I got. I don't know what else to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we got my boy Jay Fats in the building. What's up? What's up? It's your boy Jay Fats, and I go by he and him. Ooh. Yes. All right. So we're going to start off with the queer excellence. And I would like to shout out Shakiri Richardson. Yes, she is killing the track and field. Um, honestly, I don't know what <laughs> what like everything about track and field, but I just know she's killing it, and she's LGBTQ, and she's doing her thing. And yeah, I wanted to shout her out. Yeah, What's your- shout out to you, girl. Yes. So we're gonna get right into the swing of things and hop in the tea room. And our first topic is actually Shakiri Richardson. So they won't allow her to be in the Olympics because she got caught with marijuana in her system. What y'all think about that? I think that it's, I don't know if it's unfair in 2021 to hold, you know, athletes to that standard of marijuana, like how they do with steroids. Because, like, you know, years ago, we can all recall, like, Michael Phelps, like, being seen out publicly, hitting a bong and everything, like, having these pictures surfaced, and he literally was an Olympic medalist. And so I do feel like it is an attack on her being a Black woman in the Olympics because she wasn't the only Black woman to, like, win a title. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just feel like, you know, with that, I can understand with them having a band with using like drugs and substances, like, you know, competing. But as far as like getting her titles taken away, I believe it's completely unfair because she still performed and did that regardless of what was in her system. I agree. What about you, J-Fax? So basically, I just feel like in this situation with her, I don't see it as truly a black or white thing because of the fact is, yes, when Michael Phelps had his big situation, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was banned that year from the Olympics due to the fact of having substance in his system. So I feel like it should go the same for her. No matter if it was marijuana or not, you know that was one of the things that's on the list of not being able to be in your system. Mm -hmm. And it sucks for her because not only have we had a black female be represented the way that she does carry herself, and it would have been so awesome for us to definitely bring home a gold medal after so many years. And the comparisons that they have been giving her being compared to Flojo, and it's it's crazy. I hope that maybe they will let her do at least something for the Olympics if she's not able to run in the race for the 100-meter dash. Mm -hmm. But at least far, it's very hard. I agree with both of y'all. Like, I understand there's consequences behind every action. When you're an athlete, like, I love that she took responsibility for the situation. And she mm-hmm. was honest about it, like, and talked about the trauma and how she felt about losing a parent. And that's how she chose to deal with that. And I personally have a medical marijuana card. So, and I also use it for stress and anxiety. And it was prescribed to me from a doctor. So I get that side of the perspective. And I feel like we got to stop criminalizing marijuana because people use it medicinally. It's not always for to get high sometimes it's for mental health reasons like and but i also understand when you're an athlete and you're in that sport is important that you follow the rules and regulations because everybody has to follow those rules mm-hmm. and regulations but i also see how it could look like they're trying to take down a black woman who's making strides in history like she's fast like she's faster than cars like she's extremely talented and it's sad that she won't be able to be in a 100 meter dash is it yeah Yeah, like tokyo yeah that's disappointing because she hit a blunt (laughs) right i want to hit a blunt for her right now like that's messed up it's one thing for her to be accountable for her action and you know having to you know face the consequences of that but also to you know to strip her of an accomplishment is you know that is something that i'm struggling with because you know that's an effort you know she put into it so Mm -hmm. even though she has to be accountable and has to atone for you know the things that you know she did before she has even gotten to this place her getting to that place does it still, you know, negate the effort that she put in or, you know, the talent and the stride and the drive that she had to work to even make it to there? Like, does that not count? Does you that know? mean anything? Yes. So, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, because she performed. You know, she clearly has this talent. She clearly has this drive. You know, she clearly is this being who is able to accomplish this. Like, she did. So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's kind of a bittersweet situation. Definitely. So moving along from that, shout out to Shakiri Richardson. We, you're in our prayers. We're rooting for you. Yes, all facts. So next up is somebody that's on my personal prayer list. (laughs) Miss Britney Spears. Child, they done locked up Britney. 
free Britney. Free Britney. Britney. So Britney Spears is under a conservative ship. Her father is her conservator. Recently, it was a court case where she argued that she wants to take control over her life again. They have been giving her medication that she's not comfortable with taking, contractual obligations that she has to do that she really doesn't want to do. She really wants to take control of her life and no longer have a conservatorship. And she feels like she's trapped. And I think the psychologist said that they don't think that she's ready to take over her finances and her life and everything. So her father is still her conservator. So I wanted to see what y'all thought about that. What you think about the free Britney movement? In this situation for Britney, like, it's really hard. Like, I honestly want to say it's hard coming from a place of, I may not have been the biggest Britney Spears fan growing up. I like her singing that she did put off. Definitely will say that she's one of the greatest of pop stars, you know, around right now at this time. But at the same time, you're not mentally able, just because somebody can tell you, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, are you truly okay to handle things? Just, just everyday life in general. And the things that Brittany has put out there publicly and done publicly, it's like, are you truly sure that you're ready to handle yourself? Do I feel like it should be her father that's watching over her? No. Do I feel like it should be someone who they can trust that has the true cool intentions for Brittany and want to leave me her halfway and like, okay, hey, this could bring you income so you can have something still to build off of revenue. So do you want to do this? Do you feel like, okay, maybe five, so seventeen. Okay, do you think you can handle that real space? Do you think medicine? Do you want to try something else? Like, you know, things of that nature instead of just forcing it in her where it's like she does have self understanding of what's going on but still in that message. Yes, it definitely does. What do you think, Aqua Bree? I feel like, just to piggyback off Jay Fats, like, I completely agree with her having to be in a state where she is truly able to be okay and is okay versus just, you know, saying okay and trying to convince, you know, herself that or maybe convince others a narrative that isn't truly the truth. So on one hand, I can understand, you know, maybe having someone who account for her in that way, especially when it comes to her making big decisions in her life, especially because, you know, she is a mother and with her being in the limelight and a celebrity, I'm sure it's a lot of things that come with that world that, you know, us, you know, being not in the big light and having to deal with that type of pressure on an everyday basis and her being, you know, rising to fame, fame from being a child, like that's something that, you know, I don't think, you know, everybody is really able to understand. And that could maybe have, you know, really is the issue, like where she is not able to feel like she is able to succumb to this life now that she is an adult, she is a woman. But have being in that light and being a, a, in that thing for so long has like probably distorted her to a bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe have even taken advantage of her because of that too. But also because of that, they haven't allowed her. Maybe she hasn't always been in this space to truly know herself. So even not allowing her to have that responsibility or, you know, that ownership over herself disadvantages her as well, too, because she has to have that balance. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, My opinion, I always like Britney. I think 
She's an incredible pop star. She's probably one of the greatest pop stars of all time in her genre. And I feel like watching her, this is just my perspective like of her story from what I've seen growing up and me now being an adult looking at it. I think she should have did what her sister did. When her sister got pregnant, when she was on Zoe 101, she went back to their hometown and she lived there. When Britney got pregnant and really settled down with her boyfriend at the time, she stayed in Los Angeles. And she was Britney Spears, like one of the hugest pop stars on the planet, period. So it was a big deal for her to even go to the gas station or go anywhere. Like it was a fanfare and paparazzi everywhere, chaos. And I think that weighed on her mental. And at the time she was dealing with backup dancers that was trying to have a come up that was leaving Moesha's best friend. It was a mess. So I feel like because she was in Los Angeles, it kind of heightened everything that we saw. But I feel like women go through what Britney Spears went through every day. They able to redeem themselves from moments like that. Like what I see is she just went through a bad breakup and she had a breakdown and she was dealing with a lot. She had children, and it's everything she did, right? No, but I don't think that because of those things, she should be, for the rest of her life, not able to run her life and not be able to be in control of her life, even if she destroys it. Like, But I understand mental health is real, and if a psychologist is saying like that she shouldn't be in control, then I'm going to go with that. I ultimately feel like I want to give her a chance and at least see, and if it ends up being how it used to be they can put her back on the conservative shit but i would after hearing her speak in that courtroom it kind of makes me feel like i wouldn't want anybody to feel like that like feeling Mm -hmm. like you are a prisoner of your own life a cage bird that's not free that's real but it's about to get even messier child lord jesus right i'm about to get into this bill cosby story child lord Have mercy, Kelly Clarkson, Eddie Murphy. They done let Bill Cosby out the jail. (laughs) Hide your kids, hide your grandma, hide your aunties. Your wife. Because Bill Cosby is drugging people, child. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they let Bill Cosby out of prison on a technicality because of the issues of the case. I guess his lawyers were able to argue that his innocence and got him out. What do y'all think about that? So I read about it. And when I read about it, it so basically said that, you know, the technicality thing where they didn't want to publicly admit that, you know, Bill Cosby had made incriminating statements, but he agreed to make them, you know, with the judge. And so if he decided to tell the truth, that they would basically allow him to not have any jail time. But when he made the incriminating statements, they basically went against that and gave him jail time and then, you know, released him because of that. I feel like on one hand, okay, I can understand that they violated his rights in the sense of saying, okay, we promise that, you know, according to the law, if you provide us with this truth, you know, cross your heart on the Bible or whatever, you know, don't plead the fifth, whatever the case is, like you tell us this truth and we'll award you with immunity. But since, you know, he did that and then they, you know, lock him up, can get that violation. But on the other hand, still committed these crimes. And so 
you know, him, it's so tricky. Like, the law is so tricky. With him having served this time, like, he's not even able now to be charged for this time ever again because they have locked him up without, you know, granting that first, uh, whatever, like, the first agreement that they gave him. So that cancels out him ever being able to be held of any type of guilt to this, even though he literally incriminated him, which I think is unfair to the true victims that experience anything you know, from him and his actions and even have admitted these things. Like, it's unfair for him to walk freely just because the law failed to protect them, you know, and failed to really abide to the law of the victim, the law of the things that, you know, the crimes. But, I mean, money pays, I guess. And I just, being a woman, that's kind of how the world works with men in the system and things like that where if you, if you have enough money or you have enough technicalities then you can literally walk that's real yeah what you think Jay facts with this whole situation just going on in general with his whole case and the women that I, I said I feel only bad for the ones who really were put in the situation and were not able to really pay mm-hmm. this situation not the ones that came out of nowhere and just looking for money if Zimmerman actually took a young boy and he only got tormented for the time and he got off work technicality, everybody was also happy for him. But now all of a sudden, it's totally different for Bill Cox. So to me, it's like a catch is a catch twenty or probably says, <laughs> you know, at this point, let the man live his life. I feel like he's learning his lessons. He's old. There's nothing that's done for him. I somewhat agree with both of y'all, like always. I say, lock them up, your honor. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but I, I definitely, like, I watch conspiracy videos and stuff on YouTube all the time. And I seen this video where they were saying, like, when he tried to buy NBC, that's when he started getting all these attacks and stuff start happening in the media where these women were, like, reporting and stuff and, like, just basically made a video about his innocence and how a lot of these women were doing cocaine and a lot of the drugs that, I guess, the drug of choice when you do cocaine was to do What's the drug that knocked these girls out? Quaaludes. I guess I guess they balanced the coke with the quaaludes. My thing is, when you take a quaalude, it's gonna knock you out. And clearly, Bill Cosby wasn't on these quaaludes. These women was taking these quaaludes, and these women was like giving dead box teas. And you over here having sex with a lifeless body. No matter how you chop it up, that's weird to me. And I usually don't like to shame people for what they're into because I'm super freaky and kinky and all that stuff. But when somebody is not moving, like, that's weird to me. Like, what are you doing, sir? What are you doing to this lifeless body for however long? And then I really didn't believe that he did it till I seen a black woman's testimony. And the black woman, she was a model, and she was talking about how he drugged her, but she was able to make it out his house. And when she was getting in the car, she was cussing him out. And I was like, you know what? This is tied into some predatory stuff. And Bill Cosby, this is weird. It's weird. But I also understand that he's old, and but ugh, it's just nasty to me. I'm not sitting here saying it's right, and I feel like, and I know in many situations, especially coming from someone who has a family member who has experienced that type of situation, I will break the judgment 
affects me violently. And just imagining hearing them talk about it and going through that situation, it's traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, it's just the drugging for me. That's the part where it's like, it's beyond sexual violence. It's like, but right. like you said, a lot of these women, some of these women agreed to doing that. So like in those cases, I feel like that's a different conversation. But for the women who didn't agree to be drugged, I find a problem with that. But to lighten things up, we're going to hop out the tea room because Bill Cosby, he, he, he just made things get a little dark. Yeah. But yeah, to lighten things up, uh, we have a segment that I'm going to call It's a Bop for Me. And the BET Awards just passed, and we can chop it up about the BET Awards and y'all opinion on the BET Awards, and maybe share some songs that you like jamming to right now that you think is the tea. Like, what y'all listening to, and what do you think about the BET Awards, if you watched them? Okay, so I did not see the BET Awards, unfortunately. I was at work. Yeah, so I'm going to have to you know, go ahead and you know watch it and catch up on it. But some bops I am listening to right now, kind of all over the place. Like, I feel like my mood is just like, whatever. So I'm listening to Wizkid. I'm listening to Don Tolliver. Uh, little 21 Savage. I'm listening to a lot of anime music. I just be liking a little theme song stuff. You know, <laughs> be like, okay, all right. Like, I be bopping to that. Like, okay. Um, So, you know, a little bit of gas, a little regular. So, that's what I'm into right now. Okay. What about you, J-Facts? Uh, okay. Where do we begin and where do we begin? So, the BT. We can start off our worst to bad. <laughs> so, I'm trying to think who really had like a, a cringe-worthy performance. You know what? The baby had a cringe-worthy performance that night. That performance was all over the place. And then, <laughs> and making the stallion and the way she shaded the hell out of him. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baby, this is karma. This is karma for you. But when Megan really? Megan got her award for a while, but she didn't originally mention Cardi. Ooh. I still kind of slayed it, shaded by that, mm. but then I respected her for picking up the pieces and her next award that she won. And she said something because she did just get finished performing. So mm-hmm. your mind is basically trying to come off at a general where it's just like, um, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? But that should have been your lead out. I'm going to just say that everybody makes their perspective. That should have been your lead out because you wouldn't have got that award without her. That's originally her song. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody else that performed did mediocre <laughs> and then you get to my queen and like, oh my God, that's a celebrating. Yes. Her and Ori Lemon, oh my. She came to give all the new girls all mm-hmm. these about music and about talent and about her being a performer. She Ooh, gave you free, she gave you all vocals and mm-hmm. all about that. And so did Ari Lemon and the performance and everything was Performance of the night. Yes, it it was. It was the best performance of the night. Like, no one sat here and had a better performance than them that night at all. I agree. Oh, it was just everything. I'm sorry. Like, anyone who knows I love that woman, and that woman just gets better with time and time. And when I say these new girls, it's just like, y'all were cute for a moment, but she here now, and she about to show y'all exactly what y'all doing and do it better in one class here. Um, Yes, I definitely agree. 
Jasmine shut it down. She was the awards. And I was so happy that she won album of the year because she did have album of the year. Yes, I love her album. Like, she speaks for black women. She gives black women a voice. She represents so much in R&B culture. And she's so underrepresented. So it was so beautiful to see them highlight her and her to have her a moment on the main stage. And she completely stole the show. And I really don't remember who else, everybody who else, like the baby and that foolishness and little baby and the toddler and the infant. Like, I don't, I can't even remember none of that. Megan Thee Stallion, she was giving me real. Lil' Kim in the 90s, that gave me life. Cardi B, giving me mother. She was showing that she's pregnant with yeah. the Amigos and Offset. Quavo, Takeoff, like, I really enjoyed their performance, too, because they danced and did choreography. So it was fun. And, oh, we can't forget about Lil Nas X. I'm just going to be honest. Lil Nas X knows the assignment. He know how to troll the general public. And I'm here for it. Like, like make them uncomfortable because they've been making us uncomfortable for years. So do your thing. I have nothing negative to say. But what songs are you listening to? Like, what's your box? What's your jams at the moment? Uh, Bops and jams for the moment. Uh, I got a few of them on my list. I'm going to be honest. Like, I love Big Paper by uh, DJ Khaled and Party B. We the That's best music. That's the in my ear right now. Another one. DJ Khaled. I get Big Paper, so I deal with big haters. Big, big Paper, so I deal with big haters. Big, big Paper, so I deal with big haters. Got, got it out the mud, they ain't do me no favors. It ain't no bitch like her, that's why these bitches don't like her. I respect shit starters, not no shit typers. Back of my mind, I Oh, when it gets to me I'll be thinking way too hard about our history Oh, you ain't answer, you was gone, you a mystery I should've never got involved with you I set it off with you That's a bop for me right now Scratch my Jasmine Sullivan is a freaking bop for me right now That is my shit, I fucking love it Her message is just, it's funny and it's so real Juicy fruit. Yes. 
She's definitely dope. Some stuff that I'm listening to, I really like Receipts by Trina. That's my lady jam. Hit me. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no. I don't need no change. Tell them keep the change. I don't need no change. Tell them keep the. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no receipt. I don't need no. I like what I like by Balibu Mitch. I love her tone. She just gives me like Foxy Brown. I like what I like. Bad little bitty that's talking on reckless. I like what I like. Little daddy came through and he told me a lesson. I like what I like. I need me a telly with sweets like the Westin. I like what I like. He charging a fee and he getting the back end. That's Green Runway, Gucci. Even though that song isn't as new, I still like, I love that song. Gucci like a girl, they could call. Got a lot of nice things I need to know. Hella propositions on my phone. You can call your friends, we can ball. Uh Gucci like a girl, they can call yes. And I like Fafa by Toby Luigi. Like, that's my ish. <clears throat> you ready? Alright. Look, dog, I'm extra unique. My whole aura screen telling. I've been listening to Fella Griselda and Marvin Wines just to make sure I'm balanced. I'm from the way. Half of my partners is savage, the other half made it out the mud But the taste of sludge didn't alter their palate yeah, I'm a dog, I'm a beast, and your father figure That little P365 was just fast starter pistol She got a scorpion too, and a stang you just like a scorpion do If a demon get gregarious, my little Harry don't do what accordions do That means bold, I was told by the G's of old Keep your lady close, make sure she can work a pole But they wasn't referring to strippers to me, the song of the summer so far this year was Toot That by Erica Banks. That's my jam. Your mama gave it to you, baby, to 
I might play some of them songs that y'all mentioned and that I mentioned, maybe a few of them in this program, so people can get a, yeah, a feel for them. Like, yeah, I, I gotta kind of admit to that way, Gucci, that So, we do a spotlight on this show. Like, it's called The Assignment, and who people they meet, like, they know the assignment. So, I'm gonna give myself the assignment this week because I just dropped a song called Space Host with the producer Dro. And it's, it's probably one of my favorite songs that I ever made. So, I would really love it if the listeners can check that out. It's on Spotify, it's on all streaming services, and it's lit. So we're going to yep. get into that. But yes, in closing, I want to thank my lovely host. Y'all slated. Y'all was so funny, so real, so 100. I love being out here with y'all. I definitely love the chemistry we have. And we just get to talk like we do do a person. Definitely. If y'all have anything y'all want to plug, you can do that. Okay. You know, my website, awkwearedsoul.com uh, is A-W-K-W-E-I-R-D-S-O-L-E.com. And I'm actually making a lot of upgrades and stuff, and I'm looking for a lot of people to feature and to be a part of the community I'm creating. So if you want to, you know, collaborate and build the communities, you know, contact me on social media or at my on my website. All right, J Facts. So as I would say again, if anybody definitely wanna reach out definitely for something, it's uh honestly I'm up for everything. Balls, I just like to have fun and do what I do and actually get on camera or get on platforms, podcasts, and just be able to speak my mind and speak my truth. If anybody is willing to work together and want to collab, you can definitely reach out to me at jfacts underscore, excuse me, 31 at um, Instagram. Honestly, my only page I really got up right now is jfacts and Facebook as well. Yes. Like I said, it was fun. It was a blast. Y'all can follow me on all social media at underscore Ilwin and on all streaming services. So tell the audience about yourself, like in your own words, for the people who aren't familiar with you. I'm a producer. I'm from born and raised in Los Angeles. I've been making music since I was 13. I think I started making beats at like in 2013, 2014. Okay. So close to like six, seven years, but yeah. Been making music, been making beats. I also DJ from the side. I've DJed for other rappers. I've DJed shows. Been doing that. Yeah, kind of a little bit of everything when it comes into like the audio. Like I know how to make, learning how to master. Yeah, DJ and producing, but making beats is more my my, my thing though. That's what's up. Like you're a dope producer for real. Like thank you. I haven't heard a beat that I wasn't impressed with. Like. It's like elements of boom bat, 
but it's very experimental. Like your time signatures and your chord progressions and drum patterns are just like next level. It's like you on a different world. Is that intentional, the way you make your beats? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Mainly how it goes for me is like, so whether I'm like chopping up like a record Mm -hmm. or like something from YouTube or something from Splice, at first, like, if I like it, then I'm going to do something with it. Too. So it's not like I don't, okay, I find like a sample of a good melody and I'm like, oh, I kind of know exactly how this is going to go. I'm more or less like, oh, I like this. Let me see what I could do with it. And I just kind of start playing. Either chop it up or a loop it or sometimes I reverse it. And then from there, it's kind of like letting the beat drive to me. I think mm. I just kind of let like the drum beat kind of come to me. You kind of feel it. I go with the melodies of samples first. That's how mainly how I work. So a lot of the drum patterns go to there. I know, like, I've been told that before. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, my rhythms don't get weird and unique, but I think that's just more like I like a lot of music. Mm -hmm. I've always been attracted to a little bit more experimental stuff. And the more I kind of grew as a musician and as a person, I started, like, going more towards that. And it's like, when I was younger, I didn't like jazz, but now I love jazz. Like, Same here. I love jazz now, too, but I didn't really care for it when I was younger. Yeah, I think that's with everybody, though. But then you kind of, like, learn that, like, jazz, for me, it's like, I was really big into punk. Like, a lot of hardcore punk from the 80s when I was younger. Okay. And now, when you learn about the history of jazz, it, it's kind of what that was. It was just full into yeah. punk. Like, taking music theory and being like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> And me get weird with fucking music theory. Right. And, like, it kind of got me more into it. And then, you know, jazz had its revival with Kendrick and, like, Kamasi Washington, Flying Lotus, Terrence mm-hmm. Martin, like, a lot of those dudes. And so, yeah, a lot of it just comes from, like, I want to say a jazz bass or sometimes, like, I do like really experimental stuff. But, yeah, just coming from stuff like that. But I'm a musician that's really open to everything. And I don't let to, I don't ever go into like making a song like, oh, I want to make this song sound exactly like Jay Diller, like exactly like this. It's like just kind of building off a feeling more than anything. I've been listening to your project that you dropped this year a lot this week and just zoning in on it. Now, I wanted to crack your brain a little bit on what was the inspiration on Red Line to No Ho. So for that, it was a, you and I went to college together, so at that time, like, I wasn't majoring in music production, but I was doing music this. Uh-huh. But then I decided, like, halfway through, let me minor in this, because I, like, started finding, making music more as a passion, because uh-huh. I originally went to find a career in music. But for that, it was a uh, kind of me finding the confidence to, like, okay, to, like, put stuff out. Because like you said, like my stuff is like really weird and out there. And it's always kind of been like that. Mm. And I've always, just because it was kind of different, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. Uh But when the pandemic hit, I'm like, I'm not about to sit down and not do shit forever. How long is just going to last for it? Right. So it's like, I went through my laptop. Because I'm always making beats. I'm not, like, if I'm not putting it out, I still got like hella beats on my laptop. So it was like, I took, I think when it first started, I took about maybe like 50 beats that I made, whether they were finished or just loops. And then I kind of went through it and then picked a good amount that I liked. 
just that had something that had more variety in it. Because I wanted to make that tape also like this is where I'm at musically, but mm-hmm. also something that's sonically good because I do want to people's records and stuff on the side. So I wanted to put make something that was condensed but good, but you get a good idea of like what I do, but mm-hmm. also something that has good quality. So it was something like just kind of me getting getting a lot of stuff from the past and like a lot of those emotions of kind of being unsure about my music and just putting it out there. It did well. Like I got a song picked up for a rent for a label in, in Bulgaria. That's what's up. It's better than nothing. And I'm right. Like, yeah, I think a lot of times people get caught up about like the what music can bring, you know, like that Hollywood, like here's mm-hmm. all this, but I'm like, you know, that, that necessarily doesn't have a good base and that doesn't last forever. There's no not a good foundation in that. Mm-hmm. But like for me it's like having just one thing getting picked up in a different country is like that's good enough for me. Like that's a start. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's enough for me to like be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing something that somebody likes. So it gave me confidence to like kinda keep pushing forward and just kinda do me more, you know? One of the titles of those tracks, I really wanted to see what you meant when you put happiness over history. It's kind of like what you was just talking about, but I wanted you to expand on that. I think a lot of the titles I came up with afterwards, but I remember making that beat and then like finishing it at a time where I was like, common thing of life is like, I was just growing friends and certain people. Mm. And that always makes me feel bad. Not makes me feel bad, but it's like, it sucks when you know you're outgrowing somebody or like certain friends and stuff mm-hmm. and they're just in the same place, you know? Yeah. And then they start like, they start reacting like, oh, you're different. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> like been a person that's always about growth. And I've mm-hmm. noticed like the more I grow, the more like I'm a lot happier I was this year than I was last year, even with like whatever bullshit comes my way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, not everybody in your life is permanent. That's why you got to enjoy the moments that you have with them because you don't know how the next year's going to be or next month or anything. So, yeah. Yeah, we went to school together, like you mentioned. We went to McNally Smith. Yeah. How was that experience for you? What do you think, like, after going through that, what do you think of it now? I feel like, for me, I was coming at it in a different way because... I was fresh out the military. Like, I just did four years in the Navy. Okay. I was 25 coming in. I took a lot. Like, a lot of this... I grew a lot at that school in terms of my career and things. Like, I learned a lot of my first business gigs there from people there. I learned how to DJ there. Like, I learned how to be a better producer because a lot of the teachers there and stuff. Like, uh, Medium Zach and, like, Toki. Shout out to Zach and Soki. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Y'all are the only people that have ever heard me rap. <laughs> it's like, just kind of being in that environment was like, it made me want to be better and stuff like that. Like, a lot of the teachers there, like, I really enjoy, like, Cool Akeem, who was just the, the hip-hop history. Yeah, he was cool. Shout out to Medium Zach, Cool Akeem, and Toki. So, who are some of your inspirations? For your career. It's good to see music as a community and not as a competition. A lot of my inspiration comes from a lot of the stuff like that. And people I meet on the street too. Just random people. 
So this part is where I'm going to ask you like some rapid fire questions. You can take however long you want to with them. It's designed to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. You ready for that? Yeah, let's go. No, don't like Charlemagne. Don't Charlemagne me. <laughs> nah, it ain't that crazy. All right. <laughs> All right. So my first question is, what is your favorite thing to do for fun? My favorite thing to do for fun. I'm really simple, so it's, it's whether sometimes going to the gym, but like my idea of the gym is like I like all my family were good at sports. Like my little bro's good at soccer. My okay. sister's good at like softball and baseball. I was never good at any sports with balls or like that involves the spherical object. <laughs> but I was always good at like martial arts and boxing and stuff. So ever since I was 19, before I joined the Navy, I've been doing like MMA and jujitsu on and off. Oh, so I've been doing sad. that again. Yeah, so I've been doing that again. And that always, like, that's always fun for me. Or, like, the things like going to a record store, like, just looking through records and stuff and going for a walk. Like, <laughs> it's funny. A lot of people in LA don't like to walk, but I always go on walks and it's nice, you know? Put on my yeah. bed, like, walk for maybe 25, 30 minutes, come back to the crib and just chill. Like, yeah. That's like, it's really basic stuff I like doing for fun. <laughs> I like the same thing. Like, I love going to parks and walking, like, being with nature. That's, like, my favorite time, for real. Yeah. That and also cruising around L.A. If that doesn't sound stereotypical, <laughs> But, like, I love getting in my car at night because a lot of, like, tourist spots in L.A., like, there's a the closest point you can get to the Hollywood sign, like, all these cliffs and views, like, that are nice little drives, like, once mm-hmm. the sun goes down, it gets to like nine, ten. They're empty, so it's like I get on my car, like put on a good album and cruise for an hour, like go down. That's also like what I like to do. Not too much because gas is expensive, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, though. Yeah. Okay. My next question: What is the last thing you laughed at? <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I really, really laughed at was like Saturday night after work. I got off work at like nine thirty, and I had like a couple of drinks. But I was just like, I get bored of playing 2K all day. Mm-hmm. People don't. Online is just where fragile men go to, like, roam. <laughs> <laughs> People are just annoying on that. <laughs> but I was just like, on Saturday, I was a little buzzed. I'm like, chilling in my apartment. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to watch a movie. So I watched Bad Trip by Eric Andre. Okay. Oh, it has Eric Andre, Lil Rel, and Tiffany Haddish. It's a prank movie. <laughs> oh, I have seen that. Yeah, but I, it's I heard funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Because I, <laughs> I heard an interview with, I think it was Eric Andre and Conan O'Brien on their podcast. They were talking about it. And it made me want to watch it because it's like, the pranks aren't to humiliate people. It's to put them in like a situation of like what they're going to do. Uh-huh. Everybody kind of does the right thing. Because Eric Andre just gets in situations where he needs help. Like, yeah. Like, and it's like, it's hilarious. Like, when he was naked, I was like, what is dude on? What's the Chinese finger trap? <laughs> yeah, they were bad. Were they crashing in that art? <laughs> like, uh, that movie's so good. Yes, like, it is. And it's also the people that make that movie. Like, yes, it really is. When she like, broke out of jail. <laughs> like, like, um, no, at the end where I think Tiffany Haddish has, like, Eric Andre over the building. 
Yes. Like that woman does is like grab the <laughs> megaphone and she's like, what did you do to her? <laughs> yeah, you saw people like, it's like one of those prank movies that was also like heartwarming. Yeah. And stuff. Like, yeah, it made you believe in the goodness of people. Which it, like, it did. You kind of need that because you forget how like sometimes even though we're separated, like we're still going to help each other. Like, I think that's like just a common like human thing, no matter how much like people try and make you scared of other people. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. So. All right. Last of my rapid fire questions. What is something you plan on doing forever? Music. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't ever, I never wanted to make music to like blow up or do anything like that. The more I've like, I became a musician from the kids and now it's like, the more I make music, the more I find out more about myself. Mm. And I feel like that's a lot. I think that's true with a lot of musicians. Is like music is just kind of a part of you when you love that. That's why mm-hmm. you could just see some random people like on the street and whether it's downtown like Cleveland, if that's where you're at in Ohio or like mm-hmm. Hollywood, just like on the corner playing their guitar. Those people are me. <laughs> you might see me on the corner. Yeah, but like a lot of people do that, the pureness of their heart. And even like you see people that blow up like famous musicians, whether it's like one of my favorite, the first concert I ever went to was Van Halen in like 2003. I was 13. It was here in a Staples Center. And they're a local LA band. They're from Pasadena. Oh, oh. Yeah. So it was like over the pandemic, Eddie Van Halen died. So, like, I was a huge Van Halen fan when I was a kid. It made me want to pick up a guitar. And I realized that wasn't my instrument, and I ended up getting a bass. So, it was, um, <laughs> but still, it was, like, I love Van Halen's music. And that being my first concert, and when he died, I went to go look at, like, old solos of Eddie Van Halen. And you just see, like, him, he's gone down as, like, one of the greatest guitarists, like, ever. But he's, like, one of those people that were inspired by, like, Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton. Like B.B. King, he has a very, like, bluesy type of feel. Like, a lot of those types of guitarists, but you see him, a lot of those solos from the 80s, and now you just, you see that look on his face of, like, man, I'm getting paid so much money just to do something like, I would do this shit for free. Right. And I think, like, you see that with amazing musicians, and then, like, because the best musicians are the people that, like, I'll do this shit for free, bro. I'm just... (laughs) I'm just trying to get it out. It's therapy. Yeah, it's therapy, but it's also, it's a very pure form of therapy. Sometimes music can be a little too manufactured, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Like, I don't want to hate someone. Like, there's definitely different sides of music in general, but there's something really pure when it's like, you could tell it's like, oh, I just love what I'm doing because this is me, you know? My last question for you, I don't want to take up all your time, but what can people look forward to in the future with Dro? And yeah, like, what can we look forward to? What's next? Well, right now, um, doing the finishing touches on the tape, you and I had, I'm really Hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we work that like, I like, yeah, I haven't told you this, but this is like the first time I've like, I like it's just me and a rapper doing something because I've only ever put out. Ah, I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Like I didn't want to say anything because, like, at first, because it was like, oh, I didn't think like you thought it was like experience, but like it's been good for me because I've 
I've gotten better through this process and continually getting better. It, it's been fun, like, having to mix your vocals and you've been, like, very, like, open about having different things to it and letting me kind of do my own thing. Mm-hmm. That's been really fun. So it's, like, this project, because I feel like it's a good piece of work. It's fun. Yes. I feel like it was fun and there was nothing, like, we were working it from remotely from different, like, states, but mm-hmm. it still felt like we were able to do our own thing and not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really, like, there was nothing strenuous about the experience. Yes. It feels like a, a labor of love. It was just a vibe. Like, when I heard what you came up with, it just, stuff just started coming. Like, it was just fun. It was fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I, I've always tried to make music like that. Even if I'm, like, if I go in the music making tab, it still becomes fun. Even if I'm, like, in, like, a, a place. Mm-hmm. It's always, like, that's what it, like, I feel like that's what music should be. Like, whether it is something you're writing, something depressing or something, like, meaningful or something moment, like, there should be a sense of enjoyment to it. No. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, nah, like, I appreciate that. So it's just, like, finishing up this project and finishing up more beats. Now that I've, like, actually put out that first beat tape, because that first beat tape was, like, oh, this, hopefully this gets me gigs and other people, like, that want me to mix their stuff for them or, like, here's some beats. Like, I'm going to put out more beats. Like, I already, I low-key, like, since I send you, like, a little bit of the last of the stuff mm-hmm. I sent you, and then whenever you give me, tell me what to fix up, and then once all this stuff is done, I already got, like, stuff in the folder to mix just to, to get to eventually once we're done with this. So probably be putting out something maybe towards the fall, winter. Dope. I'm excited for it. Yeah, the sooner the better, but yeah. Hey. I believe- once you start putting out music, it, it, I like it's it. It's like, yeah, it's like hard to stop. It's just like, I want to keep sharing. <laughs> yeah, because you see the growth, too. I have it private on my on my SoundCloud, but I have the first beat I ever made on my SoundCloud. Like, wow. Sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to it and I'll be like, oh, I'm good. Anytime I doubt myself, like I'll go listen to old stuff and be like, oh, I'm good. I've gotten better. Like I could appreciate this. Like Sometimes I'll be like, you know, sometimes you, you disconnect from some stuff. But I go, I'll go back and listen to old stuff sometimes and be like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm growing. I've grown a lot. Yes. <laughs> Do the same thing. Like, I try to stay far away from my SoundCloud as I can. But every blue moon, I go check it out. And I'm like, ah, some of this stuff was good. Some of it is like, ah, cringy for me. But it, it definitely gives me validation. Yeah, yeah same. same. And you start hearing the stuff that, like, oh, this is the stuff that kind of stuck with me. like, mm-hmm. And the other, like, also, like, I don't know, sometimes I'll hear, like, beats that I was, like, weird in that I just, like, put it in, and I was like, oh, I kind of had a good idea with that. Let me see if I can do something with it now that I know what the fuck I'm doing. Because back then, when I first started, even at McNally, I didn't know what the fuck a reverb or delay was. So <laughs> I was like, because I went to school here in L.A. for music production after McNally. Okay. I, was like, I learned a lot of those concepts. So it's, oh, now I understand the rules I'm quote-unquote breaking. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So it's like, I, yeah, I like doing that. Yeah, growth is a good thing. It really is. Growth is, a, growth is beautiful. So I want to end with you giving the audience, like, your social medias. Where can they find you? All that good stuff. Yeah, so right now, I'm only Twitter and Instagram. I don't trust Facebook, but Instagram is Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) 
Facebook is the feds. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> There's too much older family members on Facebook. Not to get sidetracked. My social media. <laughs> my, my Instagram is uh just Dro Sounds, and that's D-R-X. That's Dro with an X, so D-R-X Sounds. And then my Twitter is uh I Gotta Get It Changed. <laughs> but currently, it's uh, Alejandro. So it's A-L-E-J-A-N underscore B-R-O. And yeah, well, that, that'll most likely change in the future, but I'm going to keep that for now. Yeah, it'll change once things start picking up more. But yeah, I appreciate the talk. I appreciate you like inviting me on. This is fun. Thank you for doing this for me. And I'm excited for people to hear what we've been cooking up. And thank you so much for allowing me to rap on your masterpieces like Ooh, well, uh, thank you for i'm just for wanting to make yeah, for wanting to make music i don't know why but in my for some reason in so far in my musical career it's been really hard to make music with people people are just kind of flaky you know mm-hmm. oh it's like it's been good to actually like like there's chemistry in what we're doing and we're putting out something we enjoy At the yes. end of the day, it's like, i feel like it's something we're proud of so that's all you really need. It's just like, mm-hmm. we're proud of this shit. Yeah, hell yeah. Space Hoes, uh, like, even if this wasn't our song, I would feel like it was fire. Like, Space Hoes yeah. is so freaking fire. Like, I gotta play that after this interview. Like, oh, it's... Oh, no, I'm playing it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. It's so creative. Like, Ooh. that beat, oh my God, I know any rapper hearing that beat is like, ah, I don't like notice it until afterwards, but I'm like, I could tell, like, I really love Ninth Wonder. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, so like, Ninth Wonder is like one of my favorite producers, and I'm like, I could tell, like, I tapped a little bit of, of him in there. Cause you know, like, Stepped in that bag. Yeah, but it's like, you, you learn from a lot of the great people, like, who like chopping up samples, and I'm like, yeah, that's like one of the, that, that's a beat, that's a song that makes me happy. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no matter what, that's a good ass song. We made a good ass song. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, so now nah, I'm looking forward to like the other songs too. Like yes. those coming out. Yeah, me too. I, I'm excited. <laughs> it's giving me yeah. pleasure fires. Like I, I'm really excited. Yeah, we got to talk about that soon, but in time, it'll probably yeah. be out too. Very soon. Yeah. But I don't want to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And anything you want to leave the people with? Live your life and be happy. Boom! Drop a bomb. <laughs> Yeah, hit me up. Mac and I'm back. It's nothing. Pull a stack out my hat. I'm living with facts. For the record, knocking out tracks. I'm chilling, relaxed. On the cut, I pull out my axe. It's up the hill like Jill. Y'all be running with Jack. High and I'm goody. Locked hanging out of the hoodie. Pretty like Ollie. Back to loaf. I dare you to try me. I'm lifting. I'm skating. Get the cake. I really be baking. Beam me up. They gon' see me up. I got the genie touch. Talk spicy. They follow me, I could lead you to the promised land Showing off my body, I sun them, they be getting ten Crackers get the barrel, got the arrow in the boat Ain't got time for small minds, niggas narrow in the show Niggas be planting seeds and get mad when they grow All I want for my birthday is a big booty
Class act that's fast rap and pitch crack. Go get back. 